Hi, and welcome to the ninth podcast of, of Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz, and I'm excited to talk to you today about, as I promised, the try-hard-give-up cycle and how it ties into uh, overcoming shame and stepping into abundance mindset and moving out of scarcity that we talked about in the last podcast. Um, I would, I'm so excited about this topic um, because this particular model that comes from a book, t- Tired of Trying to Measure Up, isn't that a great title? Tired of Trying to Measure Up, Getting Free from Demands, Expectations, and Intimidations of Well-Meaning People by Jeff and Bondarin. This was a book I read in graduate school when I was um, a, a young mother, you know, attending graduate school, and some of that will play into my story today. But I started to learn how to step out of externally living getting my value and worth from uh, my own performance and action and really seeking to surrender to love, love unconditional, um, to surrender to interdependence, uh, learning how to live in combination with source and receive strength from source and to use that strength to certainly do good action and to uh, do things on my own behalf, but not to take credit of them on my own behalf and to learn how to um, really joy in source and return credit to source and also to have abundance because that source is un, unending. You know, it's always filling me. It's always giving me the next thing. It's what's wonderful about having our strength reliant in our higher power and versus our own, our own action, our own muscle that we'll talk about today is that it keeps us humble, number one. And number two, when we're humble, we're able to constantly learn. If we believe in our own strength, if we're focused on our own action, when we are only limited to what we already know, and we think our cup is full or we know it best, and so we're not open to the new change, the new action. And I found that as I surrender, and I kind of have this mindset of, I, I don't know anything. I'm like a child. I don't know anything. And I'm this beautiful, I'm like this bright-eyed child that just can't wait to see what God's going to show me next, like about myself, how he's going to break me free of a painful tradition or way of thinking. Since I have stepped into that more and more freely, I can tell you that um, my learning and my personal growth has gone exponential. And that's what I want for you. I want you to learn how to break free of thinking and mindsets that don't allow you to have true joy and to walk the joyful path. And this podcast will be a start to that for you. Now, this is not, I said it's worth it. I did not say it was easy. Make make sure I'm clear on that. It is absolutely worth it, but it is not easy. Enter my story. As I was trying to figure out what to share with you today, I felt very strongly that I should share with you an experience of mine when I was a young mom in graduate school. I was the mother of a three-year-old and a one-year-old at this time, and I just had come to my end of my rope. I was in my second year of graduate school and my daughter was, I think, four or five months old. And I had a panic attack. Now, I have not actually had a panic attack that I'm aware of like that since. Some of you may have had a panic attack and you have them more regularly. So if that's you, I I really feel for you. It's a real thing for sure. Um, I didn't know at the time that's what it was. I was taking abnormal psychology. So I you know, I knew something was going on with my anxiety, but I didn't know that that's what that was. Because in that moment, I wasn't in my thinking brain, of course. And 
I had just gotten completely out of control. Like I had, I had realized that I was trying to, you know, do everything from my own muscle. Uh, at this time, I was literally in my second year of graduate school trying to take care of two children during the day and do school at night. Um, I, my husband had just opened a new business. Uh, we, I was just asking him the other day, we had three new businesses open and this is before he moved into franchising, but we were extended. He was running between the three businesses. Those of you who are small business owners know what I'm talking about. It was really hard to maintain that. Uh, financially, it wasn't always uh, maintaining itself. So there was debt being incurred, and that was scary to both of us. Um, and there was also uh, just a sense of, like, I can't do it all. Like, no matter how hard I do it or try and I get up early or whatever, I'm just not enough. Like, I am not enough to meet all these needs. I can't be there for my children. I can't finish my work. My own strength is failing me, God, and I don't know what to do. And I think because I hadn't acknowledged it, and that's the point here, I had not acknowledged it. I just kept going forward and doing more and being more, and I hadn't really done this type of self-exploration that that's what was going on for me. At one, at, at Finally, my body just kept score, and we've talked about that before. It just let me know, you have some serious stuff going on here that you're not attending to, and because you're not attending to it, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to bring it to your attention. And that's what happened. So because I had had a new baby, they thought maybe I'd had a blood clot. <laughs> I ended up in the emergency room. I remember sitting in the emergency room and all of a sudden things started to really calm down and I started to put the pieces together. And I realized that oh, I, w I didn't likely have a blood clot, although they tested it and that wasn't it. But I really had had anxiety and I started to have compassion on myself. Of course, of course you have anxiety. You're running at the end of your capacity. You're trying to do everything yourself. You know, you're not asking for the help you need. You're not setting limits that you need to set. And why are you doing that? The question is why, right? Why would you do that? Here you are studying to become a mental health counselor and you are not mentally well. That was a huge wake up call for me. And enter the try hard give up cycle. <laughs> I took that year, I believe, I think it was that year I took a class on shame. And I got this cycle in front of me. And I'll, I'll try to put it on the Whole Women Link podcast post so you'll see the picture there. And then um, hopefully I can put the post it with the podcast as well, see what I can do. But if you can't find it on the podcast, go to Whole Women Link and look up the ninth, this episode, and you will be able to find the picture there. But you have this dotted line, and below it you have people relying on their own flesh, it says, or their own efforts, right? Their own their own works or their own uh, performances, right? Their own product. And we all know that we have limited capacity, right? I had limited capacity. So here I was and my, my shame, in the middle of this, you see mind, belief, shame-based grid. And I had this shame mind that was like, hey, my, my worth is based on my production, my performance. That was really very solid for me at that time. If I don't perform well, I'm not enough. You know, and if I don't perform well, it's all my fault. <laughs> you know, my kids don't behave well or my I don't have enough money for the things I need. That's because I didn't plan well or I made a mistake or or maybe I'm being punished because of my poor behavior. I think some of us feel that way about each other, right? We judge each other. Oh, somebody's struggling and therefore they just didn't play the rules right. You know, it's their fault. I had a very much there's somebody to blame kind of mindset at this shame-based stage, which I don't believe now, by the way, at all, just so you know. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily true. I think sometimes 
difficult things happen and they can be a blessing. And we'll talk about that. But as I had positive behavior, right, if I had success in school or my house was able to get cleaned every night or I was able to check, 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 whatever it was that I was trying to check off that mental list, I would have these messages that would affirm me that I'm a good person. I'm a good mom. I'm a good student. I'm a good wife. I'm a good steward of my finances. But then entered the current Bush experience. And I call it my current Bush experience because there's this talk that I listen to about somebody's current bush and it's kind of like a metaphor because this current bush of course can't talk but this is overgrown current bush right and it's it's growing unruly and that's kind of how I was I was growing unruly my mind was definitely not based in I had this kind of shame-based thinking and luckily my higher power loved me enough to let me face myself and so I had this wake-up call with this panic attack but then I had my current bush experience and all the, and in that next year one by one, things that I had previously put my my trust in, like for my strength or my sense of worth, started getting cut away. Struggle with finances, or how that that was the top of the market, it fell. You know, uh, struggle with relationships, struggle with health, like just one by one, and I, I just couldn't rely on those things. And I finally got into a place where I was like, okay, what have I done wrong? You know, my mentality was like, this is my fault. I have done something wrong. You are punishing me. What? And guys, my higher power didn't tell me that. My higher power didn't say, you did something wrong. I'm trying to punish you. My higher power said, I'm trying to make you anew. I'm trying to help you learn to not put all your energy, strength, and yourself, the self-reliance mentality, but you're a beggar on me. You're a beggar on me for your love, for your sense of, like, I can... I am the abundant source, right? I'm able to give you everything you need if you'll but turn to me and receive and I can make you abundant. But you're trying to do it of yourself and you're limited. Well, this was new for me because I had been very much like dependent and let's face it, controlling and trying to do it all myself. I didn't want, I wanted you to just, I'm okay for my source to tell me the rules, but then I'm going to play them out and live them. Not that there would be this daily seeking of help and strength and assignment and right and um, and this podcast is a great example i i really now enter life is like what is god going to bring into today what's today going to look like if i tried to be there for every relationship i have so many clients i have so many different parts of the garden that i'm trying to water if i tried to mentally manage all of that without that help honestly i would fall apart and I often do, like I, you know, because of my human weakness, I do. I, I had a client show at the same time this week as another client. And I just had to be like, well, there's my weakness reminding me that, you know, the mind is weak, you know, you know at times. And so we all need this help. And so as I started to learn how to surrender, I call this surrender to source and go, okay, I'm going to trust. I'm going to let go of the control. I'm going to trust. I'm going to ask for the things I need. It was amazing to me to show, to see how, not because of my own performance or worthiness, but because of my sources, good, my forces of abundance and, and worthiness that these, this love and this light that comes from the outside, I was able to be more than I am on my own. I was able to learn how to become interdependent, right? Reliant on source. And I had to started having messages that were different. You're loved, you're accepted, you're forgiven, you're your, you know, the, the, some of these are religiously based because this book has that, but just that, you know, you don't have to do it yourself and your, your value isn't based on your production or your product, but your worth is non-negotiable. You know, that's my biggest belief now. I get this from Brene Brown. She's kind of a hero of mine, but 
you know, that my worth is non-negotiable. It's just, it just is, you know, and other people's worth is non-negotiable either. It's not based on what they're producing, but their worth is, is just part of who they are. Right. And we can see that worth and it reveals itself. So I was able to step out of this, you know, but in order to kind of see how to step out of something, we have to see, you know, kind of how we're stuck in the middle of it. All right. So let's talk about what the try hard give up cycle looks like, and maybe you'll see how you may be stuck in it. And then again, I gave you already, I like to start with the positive. <laughs> this is how you break free. This is how I break free, give you some hope. And now we're going to work backward to, are you stuck in it? Okay. So I, I, you know, I believe that each of us was created to manifest the love life and gifts that were given. Um, and these aren't given in scarcity, right? They come from our higher abundant source and and we can step out of them, step into those and, and have those on a continual basis. But the try hard give up cycle is really about the fact that there's scarcity, right? That there's only so much to go around, that we got to earn it, that, you know, if we don't take advantage of it, you know, we're in competition with other people, you know, somebody else's success maybe takes away from ours, right? Is this kind of mentality that we've been talking about, that scarcity mentality from the last podcast, but um, the scarcity mentality has a shelf life, you know? We, it's kind of like holding our fists tight and squeezing them, right? I call this white knuckling it, right? We're holding those, like, at some point in time, we know that our own efforts or ability or our human weakness is going to catch up with us, right? So we try hard not to do th- what we would quote unquote think are bad things or things that are shameful, right? Things that would lower our sense of value. And that's determined individually by everyone. Somebody that's, you know, for somebody that's related to career success, sometimes it's family success, sometimes it's health success, right? So whatever it is that is important or we value, we're going to kind of fill that in there. But if we are, if we have success in X, then we have value. Okay. And so we, we white knuckle it, you know, maybe we, we're on a new fad diet, or maybe we have, you know, set a goal at work, and if we achieve it, we're we're good. You know, if we don't, we're a failure, right? I, I, since I've stepped out of the try hard give up, say I don't believe in failure. I just believe there's learning. But at this time, I really believed I was either a success or a failure, right? So there's that kind of mindset, and we we we're working really hard, running from fear, and 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 trying to control everything. And it's very exhausting. I've seen people be able to live the try hard give up cycle for years before they fall off of it. But at some point in time, you run into human weakness. And research shows that people that believe that they're that they're you know they're the source of all things, you know that they're it's all from their own efforts, do into this. Whereas people that believe, and this is very like come out of like twelve step programs, that they are efforts being supported by a higher power can have sustainable success. Right? They can have sustainable, consistent action. But these people really focused in working from their own efforts. Okay, so as long as that's going well for them and they're having success, then they have consistent messages and they're like, "Hey, I'm a good person. Look at me. I've got money. I've got power. Whatever it is, I've got success in these areas." But eventually, when they run into that weakness, then they run into their shame. And there's a sense of, "I'm not enough. I'm not worthy." We often run from our shame, right? We run from painful experience. So they'll run over to negative behavior, right? These were these are like addictions, okay? Addictions are just really something that we use, and I'll pull up something for this here, um, as a way to escape, you know, something. Addiction is end course of action used to fill our inner spiritual, emotional emptiness. Something that can, with something that can't really fill it, right? 
I often teach that we're all generally addicted to something unless we have replaced addiction with moving into love unconditional. We, the goal, of course, is to live, move into I love and accept myself and I'm open to receiving love and, and, and giving love, right? Uh, not that it's conditional. But in this place, we move into these addictions because we don't feel like we're enough. We, there's this emptiness and we're trying to fill it. Now, I don't want you to think of addictions as just those things that other people are doing. We're all addicted to something. And they can be high, high quality things, okay? People use food, work, diet, chemicals, relationships. And here's one that's shocking to many people, even ministry, even service. I often see that in church communities. It's something I've seen regularly. You know, people will avoid the chaos of their home life and really, you know, dive into their, their, their church service or, um, you know, their work performance. And they're like, but I'm doing this for my family. I'm trying to earn money for my family or I'm doing it for God. You know, we put it on God, you know, God's asking me to do this. He's asking me to not be with my family, to not take care of my, you know, my, my closest relationships, my, my wife and children, not to attend to that because I'm attending to this over here. And not to say that sometimes people don't get that message that they need to sacrifice, right? That God's asking them. And I think that happens. I've had those experiences where I felt, that God's like, hey, trust me, I'm asking you to serve me over here and I got your family's back. But a lot of times that's not what it is, right? These people are really going I, magical thinking. My family will just be magically taken care of even though I don't attend to them at all while I'm over here serving because I'm serving. Um, and that doesn't really work. You know, I find that when I really go to God and I surrender and I realize that, you know, he's not necessarily tied into that ministry, like, like he's separate from that. Like that's like a vehicle to serve, right? Then I can ask him, okay, what would you have me do? And he'll often call me back to take care of my family, you know, set that priority straight. And sometimes he won't, but I think there's, you know, I think there's, it's an important thing to look at for us. Like how are we running from uh, maybe things are, are more important, right? Like our, our highest relationships, our highest stewardships for things that fill us more. Um, I think it's easy, you know, to want to be with adults that, <laughs> you know, that aren't crying or chaotic or to people that are validating you and telling you that you have worth and value. And maybe your spouse is nagging you, you know, maybe home is, is a place that you don't feel successful right now. Right. So you're running away from that, but I want you to be very aware that that's maybe what that is. And these are like addictions. Now, now addiction, when we get to the level of claiming something as an addiction, it's like we've given up. It's now running us, managing us. Right. So maybe these are just, counterfeits that we're using and we we could step out of them we're not we've not become dependent yet but i promise as we continually use those things in inappropriately to meet our sense of worth they become addicted to us um i how do we bring you know how do we step this one thing you want to look at is balance right um we're meant to have balance in all things so if we're using anything to an extreme we're probably on the try hard give up cycle so then you know we we do these negative behaviors and then with these outside sources, right, for a sense of worth. And then comes around messages that shame. You know, eventually we're like, you know, I'm not a good parent or I'm not a good spouse or I can't believe I'm the type of person that would use this thing. Uh, harder for the things that like look kind of good, you know, like I said, like service or, you know, maybe, you know, exercise where we're using exercise and we're having a lot of success. Those are harder to see because we're like, but these are good things. But you have to ask yourself, are they of the highest value? And why are you motivated to do them? Is it coming from love? Is it coming from love unconditional? Or is it about control, power, fear? Are you running from something, right? If you're running from something that you're fearing, then there's no fear in love, okay? There's no fear in love. So then 
we want to look at that. So enter the way, and we're going to have, like I said, multiple podcasts on these things. Is The first thing we need to recognize is what we're doing with fear. All right, I'm going to pull something from another book here I just want to talk about. Brene Brown has some really great things uh, in her book, The Braving the Wilderness. But I love this. She says, you live in constant pain and seek relief by numbing it and in, and, and then inflicting it on others. Right? Sometimes we, we take shame for shame and we push it out on other people. You deny your pain. Your denial ensures that you pass it on to those around you and, and down your ch- to your children. Or, and this is the big or, you find courage to own the pain and develop a level of empathy and compassion for yourself and others that allows you to spot hurt in the world in a unique way. So that's what we're going to talk about today is how do we step off that cycle? And we'll keep talking about that because this is going to take multiple podcasts. But the first thing is to what I call conscious living or mindfulness, right? You've probably heard of it. We have got to recognize that when we're numbing out pain, we're also numbing out joy. When we're numbing out the dark, we're also numbing out the light. We're also, you know, we're not also stepping into the light. You can't selectively numb out. Okay, so it's really important to be conscious. One of the things I often recommend to my clients in these early stages is to just take an inventory, right? It's important to kind of like learn how, and this is going to be the skill I give you today, is just to take an inventory of like where you are in this process. What beliefs, what behaviors are you using and do they serve you now? All right, I'm going to pull this up. Just give me one second. All right. So this is called a belief inventory. You know, maybe get out a pen and a paper and write your current belief systems. How do you feel about love, relationships, career, money, sexuality, religion, spirituality? What's what what are you how do you operate around those things? Just be really open, vulnerable um, and honest with yourself. Again, most of us do not spend time being vulnerable or aware of ourselves. We just kind of on this autopilot. And if you like your autopilot, great. Go ahead and live that way. Just following habits and beliefs that have been handed on to you. But what I would recommend to you is that you take a step back and say, just like I did, and maybe you don't have to be forced into the corner like I was, are these things really serving me? Are they really bringing me joy? Is this mindset really true? Or was it just conditioning that I received from society, parentals, whatever, that maybe isn't serving me and I don't really believe is the source of happiness now? So after you jot down your beliefs, don't ask yourself, where did I get this? You know, where did this come from? Probe a little deeper. Is it still serving me well? Is it making me happy or unhappy? If not, what's another more serving belief that I could use to replace it with? This is a great place to enter your higher power, you know, and ask your higher power to show you broken beliefs and traditions, right? And just to become aware of them, right? We can, if we don't have awareness of something, we cannot change it. And really the first step in this process of change is just awareness, Awareness with loving compassion, right? As we develop this awareness and this acceptance of where we're at, then we're able to take steps to move away from it and choose to live in a way that honors now our highest values and all the learning we've learned since. I find that many clients, when I sit with them and we, I, I put their belief in front of them and I help them become consciously aware of it, they're like, I don't really believe that. I don't actually think that's true. And, I, and then I'll say, well, why are you operating out of it? Like you are confirming your belief. And they're like, I really am. And then we take a, we take steps to replace that belief, right? To, I love it. I actually have an exercise where like, like they see the belief in their mind, they burn it, they destroy it, and they replace it with a new belief because the mind is very suggestive like that. You can do that physically in front of you or you can do it in your mind. 
And then they replace that belief and they state that new belief. And then they seek to enact that new belief and it becomes their new belief. One of the beliefs that I'd like to suggest to you, and we'll, again, we'll have more podcasts on these things moving forward because this is a big topic, but I love and accept myself without condition, right? Here's the thing. I didn't used to believe that if I loved and accept myself that I would change, that I would become better, that I would have desire to become a better version of myself. It has become the exact opposite. As I've learned to really love and accept myself from that well, I've been able to treat myself with better kindness. I've been able to not project that fear and that there's because there's polarity, right? Usually when I'm mistreating others or I'm unkind to others or I'm not, I'm having problems with others. If I look and flip, it's really about something that I'm accept, not I'm rejecting in myself, you know? So as I've learned to love and accept myself, I'm able to be that person that can love and accept and, 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 and be a better brother, sister, wife, counselor to others, right? The different roles that I'm in you know, or you're in. So I want you to work on that. I love and accept myself. And, and that doesn't mean you don't change. Actually, research shows that acceptance is the key to change. As we accept where we're at, we're able to take new steps. So now that I accept where I'm at, I love and accept myself. I'm not running from my overwhelm and my fear and my pain and my shame. Now I'm able to take action. I'm able to change and go, okay, I'm enough, but I do choose to do better. I do choose to move into a higher way of living and I'm able to enact that. Try that with yourself this week. Try loving and accepting yourself. Try having understanding and compassion on yourself when you do something that doesn't agree with your values or you struggle or you look at your life and you see things that aren't working. Instead of shaming yourself and running and numbing those feelings out, open them up. Become vulnerable with them. Become aware of them. Be authentic with someone. You know, I think that the other thing we do is we, we pretend to have it all together. We pretend. We, we, we have communities where we're all pretending we've got it all together. I used to believe that was the way to go, right? Weak people show weaknesses. I've come to believe it's the opposite. Really strong people are very aware of their weakness, their growth edges. And because they're aware of them, they're able to receive, right? If my cup is full and I believe I've got everything, then there's nothing to receive. But if I believe that I don't have it all together... So my mantra, my belief on this is humility is the catalyst to all learning. If I'm humble like that and I believe that there's much to grow in, I'm like a little child at Christmas. I have open eyes and I'm open to seeing the next way to grow, the next way to be. I don't actually believe I've got to do it all myself, right? I can step into that higher power, that source and say, okay, show me the better way. Uh, bring to me the thing that I need in order to... Uh, improve and grow. And what I've found is that it shows up for me, guys, all the time. And I'm, and I don't take credit of it. It doesn't puff me. I'm like, I'm so grateful to source. And then I'm wanting to return that love and that support to others because I'm grateful for having received it myself. And then we step into this place, because this is really health, where you receive love and you give love freely, unconditionally. When you're able to do that, you're unstoppable. And that's the kind of joyful path. I'm hoping that through this podcast, you'll learn, but there are actual tools. So you're going to start with becoming critically aware. Notice how shame's pushing around. Are you on the try hard give up cycle? Are you externally placing your worth, right? Do you believe it's all on your own efforts or do you understand this concept of interdependence? And have you, have you sought help, strength from outside source, right? I'm sorry, from, from higher power source, right? And, and I say even 
do you have the ability to ask for help from actual others in your life? Maybe some of you are like, I don't believe in higher power. Okay. Are you able to ask for help? Do you believe that's okay? Right? Are you able to receive new information or do you believe you need to figure out everything yourself and do it yourself? Right? If that's where you're at, then you're only going to be able to go as far as your mind can take you. And I promise you there's so much more out there for you. So this is my podcast number nine for today. Stay tuned because we'll have an episode two to the Try Hard Give Up Cycle. And I look forward to giving you more tools and perspective on this in the next podcast. Be sure to share. We're, we're, we're nearly hitting 1,000 downloads now, and it's really exciting. And But please join the podcast at either Spotify or iTunes. Um, sometimes it will be on Whole Woman Link, but I'm hoping you can join it there and, and become a subscriber. And if this serves you, share it with someone else. Thanks for joining me today.